All right. Hello. Welcome back to Mr. Sharm in English. You will, we are up to now chapter 22, which is the Mida of Anova or humility. And as we're going to get into it, you'll see this is also an incredible level. It just keeps getting higher and higher. Um, and we'll start to understand really more about how holy this person is and how much he's connected with his, uh, with his spirituality, with the Avedis Hashem. So if you remember, we already spoke about the disgracefulness of someone who's a show-off, someone who's hoodie, and that from that discussion, the praiseworthiness of another can be inferred. If you remember, when we spoke about Nikias, he spoke about how dangerous um, or how bad um, to, uh, how bad haughtiness is because it there's no room for God when you are haughty. So as a result of that, we could see how great Anivas is. So he's going to directly explain it in here. However, we will more directly explain the trait of what, instead of, Nehemiah is going to take approach of, instead of me explaining to you what it means to be haughty, let me tell you what it means to be humble. And from that, we will understand who this, uh, you know, now we'll understand what Anivas is and what, what a Balgaiva is, what someone who's haughty is. So you'll already understand the, the, it will become clear to you. So the general idea of Anava is that a person does not give himself importance to himself for any reason whatsoever, which is the very opposite of someone being haughty, which consists of all about one's self-importance because of his favorable at, favorable attributes attributes. Likewise, the results that flow from this natural trait are the opposite of the results of haughtiness. So a person, number one, does not ascribe or give himself any credit, okay, um, for, uh, doesn't give himself any credit for the things he's accomplished. He's not giving himself, I don't want to say self-importance, it's not that he looks at himself as a, um, you know, uh, as a low person or he's feel, you know, he feels very bad about himself, not at all. His, just his concepts are clear as we're about to explain. So there are two basic components of Anivas. When we examine the matter, we will find that Anava depends both on one's outlook and one's actions, one's conduct, one's behavior. <clears throat> but it's important that in order to be humble, the outlook itself needs to be clear first. And then as a result of that, he can act humbly. Because someone whose outlook is not clear and he acts humbly, and he shows acts of, um, uh, you know, uh, he shows acts of humility, it's just really fake and really not sincere. The outlook has to be clear. And that's exactly what we said before when we discussed in chapter 11 in Nikias, this Naki, this, this person, is, uh, if he's a fake Balgaiva, if, if he's a fake Anav, I mean, that he, that he will not... Uh, it, it will, he'll be a hypocrite because eventually it will all come out. So first, his outlook needs to be very clear. So what outlook does a person need to have? So let's start. So number one is another an outlook means that a person contemplates and recognizes very clearly and true that despite any of his qualities or accomplishments that he does, that he's done, to be praised for it and to be honored for it is not, it's not becoming. I don't need it. 
And certainly any feelings, he doesn't feel superior over his fellow human beings. This is on account of two basic limitations. One, because of what he inevitably lacks, and also because of the imperfections that he does not have. And he's going to give some examples, but let's just lay the groundwork. This honor, you know, you take, let's say, a great person. You know, uh, if you, let's say, um, you know, someone who's accomplished a lot in Torah. He doesn't accomplish it. He doesn't give himself the credit. He doesn't say, this is on me. In other words, I am the one responsible for, um, you know, learning so much Torah. I don't, you know, or because I learned so much Torah, that makes me better than you. Absolutely not. As you're going to see, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave me a gift to understand Torah better. And because I have this gift, I have a responsibility to teach it to you. It doesn't make me better. It doesn't make me a better person. You know, for example, if a person has a gift because he's smart, that doesn't make him better than you. That just means that he's, that his qualities are he's smart. So, and he knows, and the reason why he doesn't let these thoughts poison him is because he knows at the end of the day, just because I have quality, let's say I'm a really smart person, there's so many things that I'm lacking and not a good quality on. Whatever it is, it could be that, you know, I, I have a temper or it could be that this person, uh, you know, gets, uh, you know, jealous easily or whatever it is, no one's perfect. So just because you have one, you know, trait doesn't mean that you are better than the next person because there's always someone that has something that you don't have. So you may be smart, but this person is very handsome. You may be, um, you know, you may be very strong, but this person's very smart, and so on and so forth. So that's what he's saying that the of that this person, the outlook, he really focuses just because I have something doesn't make me better than the next person. I should not make, I should not feel superior in that sense. And the first reason is because what he inevitably lacks, it's very obvious and clear. It's impossible for, for a person, no matter on what level of perfection he is, not to have any deficiencies, either by virtue of his nature, right, because of his character or his mitas, or besides of his virtue of deeds or his family or relatives, maybe he's related to someone who, uh, it's, it's, or, or family members, or by virtue of events that have occurred to him, everyone has a past. You never know, you know, that the past could always come back to haunt you. All these things, you know, or by virtue of his own improper deeds, all these things are reasons to put you in check. You know, they say when you uh, when you want to become a like uh, when you want to get positioned for something, they vet you, right? They vet you. They see they go through your whole history and they always look for dirt. If you don't have, you know, so everyone has something to be afraid of. There's no one who comes out clean. It's just the question is how you're going to fight it. And that's something that could put you in check. There's always something there, whether if it's not your history, then again, it's your characters. It's always something. You have to remember that. And it says clearly in the puzzle, there's no man so holy, righteous on earth that always does good and never sins. And see all that, these blemishes in a person that leave him no room, these blemishes, <clears throat> leave you no room to feel superior, even if you have so many positive qualities, because the nature of these deficiencies will eventually poison you or eventually come, come back to haunt you. So there's no reason to feel um, superior. So we're going to go through some more examples uh, in the next podcast, but it really is important. That's what he's saying here, that one, one first needs to have the mindset. The mindset is very clear that, look, there are many qualities I have, 
but that's not a reason to feel better than the next person because whatever qualities I may have, this person, this person may have, I don't have, and so on and so forth. And, and, and you see here, as you see, as a result of this training and as a mindset, your, your attitude changes about a lot of the things you do have. So we'll continue more on this, uh, uh, on the, on these traits on the next podcast.